This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. 24 things the Rangers can do to start building a dynasty in 2024. Now, This comes courtesy of Evan Grant, and I will warn you with the Dallas Morning News, we might skip some of these things because some of them are like Dolis Garcia, you know? Like, some of them are simplistic and, like, things that you probably could figure out, but we'll run through as many as we can and stop wherever you guys would like. It was a really interesting article, Dallas Morning News or DallasNews.com if you want to check it out. This is the easiest one. Become a league average bullpen. Now, I feel like this is where we had our conversation a few years ago about the Cowboys defense. And we were like, if they can get to average, holy crap. How good do you think this Rangers team can be if they have a league average bullpen? And do you think it can happen? World Series champs. That makes sense. I would say it gets them... Back to 90 wins, which gets them in the playoffs. It's amazing when you do look at what they had to go through last year. Early on in the season, they couldn't get it done. Jose Leclerc couldn't get it done. Right. Um, Thank God for Will Smith. And that's when Will Smith kind of took over, I would say, in, I don't know, mid to late April. Yeah. And then he floundered. And then you had Araldis Chapman, who kind of did okay, but that didn't last very long. And then... You had LeClerc, who kind of came back into the mix late in the year and was able to pick it up and then did great in the playoffs. So I'll say, yeah, if if you have that bullpen again, it's tough for me to believe that you can get back to 90 wins. According to the Star-Telegram, the Rangers had 63 save opportunities last year and saved 30 games. So math says that's 33. 47.6%. That's a lot. Well, just to put that in context, Baseball Reference says for any team with 50 save chances in a season, it's the second worst ever in the history of baseball ever. So, yeah. So, somehow they overcame it. It's But think about it. You're right. But, but you're right. But, that, but I think to Mike's point, that might be not just a 90-win team. That might, we might be talking 100 and something. Okay. Wow. Well, well, hold on. That's going to be tough. I want to I balance that out. Yeah. So... Let's talk about that. If you just got back to league average, you would have picked up nine more saves, a.k.a. nine more wins last year. So if nothing else, I would like to see it more than offset. Like, let's say Jordan Montgomery's not coming back. I feel like we've been up and down on that several times. Let's just say he doesn't come back. Well, let's say you offset, hey, we're going to lose five extra games because of that. But your bullpen getting to average maybe can still push you to an overall better team, at least in the regular season. I realize what a stud Jordan Montgomery was in the postseason, so I can't fix that right now. But just getting back to average, and part of the thing that goes with that is 
restoring the confidence in Jonathan Hernandez. He has, we talk about this with arm talent all the time. Yeah. In theory, Jonathan Hernandez has the best stuff in the bullpen. Yes? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay, but that has not and does not always yeah. translate He's to like results. John Gray. I could see Great that. Great stuff, and you're just like, what? but where's it going? His his demeanor on the mound when he gave up a leadoff hit. Defeated. Like, it was, it was over. Like, mentally, he had just given up on himself, and it was tough. And so that will be the key this year is – his belief and faith in his stuff. And obviously, I think he's also finding out this. His stuff is great. You can't just throw it down the middle, especially when you're behind in the count. Maybe, hey, first pitch, challenge him with a two-seamer. Right down the middle. Get ahead. and But you got to work the edges now. And you got to be able to not go, okay, I'm going to work the edges and now get to two and one and get back to a little bit. That's not a huge favorable count for a hitter, but still a back into a situation where now the hitter can eliminate some things from you. Yeah, I – that's that's a great point. Another person I'm going to throw on this list, and I realize we're kind of staying in the same sort of uh, spot right now, is Brock Burke. Is Brock Burke, from two th- in 2022, I think we felt pretty good about him. Down the stretch last year, not so much. No, well, this was the interesting thing last year. I remember asking a question of, hey, how much faith does... Bruce Bochy have in Brock Burke because it seemed like at times when guys were tired maybe Araldis Chapman is throwing two out of three days like don't throw him the third out of yes and it was like he was gonna go with that rather than Brock Burke and so I was kind of asking hey is Brock Burke hurt what's and I just feel like this year it's going to be really important for him to get off to a good start so that there's confidence to bring him in situations and then obviously he's gonna have to He's, a, he's the only lefty that I think the Rangers have that will pitch in the seventh or eighth inning. And I don't know if he, even if he will, but right now he is the option. Unless, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank, the double-A kid. That would be a lot of pressure to put on a kid who pitched in double-A last a big year. Jump. Antoine yeah. Kelly? I believe so. And just say, you made the team and you're pitching the seventh and eighth inning. I'm going to skip a few of these. I feel like we've talked a lot about Evan Carter and Wyatt Langford. Leody Tavares is, well, he's old potentially in this outfield at 25, which is a weird thing, but also just shows you the potential depth that we have going on. The next step, be more of a threat against left-handers. Now, we've talked about that to a certain degree in a smaller sample size with Evan Carter. Do you believe that Leody Tavares can make progress against lefty as a right because he's a switch hitter so I'm just I'm trying to pull up as fast as I can his split but he seems to struggle at least compared to right handers on either side like I, I realize the advantageous way you would attack that but he he had a 638 OPS against lefties yeah, okay, last I'm year which it. is right in line with his career 275 batting average versus 241 768 OPS when you know he's batting left-handed versus 638 when he's batting right-handed yeah so he needs to get better at that they need to be closer numbers for sure maybe he should just hit left-handed all the time instead maybe he's a poor right-handed hitter I, and I also don't understand, like, I don't know, the Mike, I don't know how often mm-hmm. switch hitters are, like, really good from both sides uh, as opposed to being really good from just one side. I think it's fun talking to Mark McLemore, who is able to do it. And you're going to spend, you have to you have to hit a time and a half more than all your teammates. Yes. Because when Marcus Simeon, for example, is taking his swings, he's taking them all from the right side. You're going to take a lot of your swings from the left side. 
the majority because you're going to face right-handed pitching more than you're facing left-handed pitching. But you still, let's say, I take as many swings in the left-hander's batter's box as Marcus Simeon does in the right-hander's batter's box. Now I got to go get 30 to 50% more work in because now I got to work on my right-handed swing because if they bring in a left-handed reliever, a lefty is starting. So you do have to have a stronger work ethic in a way more than most guys because you have to work harder because you have to get in more swings. The, the same amount of swings that Marcus Simeon gets in, if you're getting in the same amount of swings, you're actually getting in less swings than he's getting in. That's interesting, too, for a guy like Jonah, who's a switch-hitting catcher. He already works harder right. than everybody, and now yeah. he's going to work even harder. We've talked about Corey Seager's MVP outlook and the sports hernia and everything like that. Seeing more emotion from Corey Seager. I'm not saying he has to be a dolus on a day-to-day basis, but every time he shows emotion, it feels like this team is like, we will never lose again. No. I'm with Corey. I disagree. I don't okay. want him to show more emotion. We And we kind of discussed this the other day when Murph uh, and Kevin, you were you're out. So Murph was d- saying that when you get to the playoffs, you kind of have to temper your energy a little bit. So I think throughout the regular season, I'm perfectly fine with his energy level being where it is so that he's not expelling anymore when he gets to the playoffs because of who he is in the playoffs is the reason that he's like he's as good as he is too. He's so even keel-minded. I want him to be himself. I think if you start sure. stepping too, yeah. outside of yourself, like I'm going to be more emotional and you're not an emotional guy. Uh, I think guys that are really emotional, hey, Yes, there's a way to show it. Like, we want to show more positive emotion than negative emotion because I felt like that was, a, a like, I'll take one of the greatest players of all time, LeBron James. Unfortunately, sometimes his emotional status of wanting to celebrate everything, also when things aren't going well, it was kind of like he got so down. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, hey, you can't get so down, but he's like, I'm an emotional player. I, you know, and so I feel like Corey Seegers are really good to have on your team. You don't want nine of them. You want... You want Garcia's, but you also have to have Seegers to get a little bit more of a even keel on your team. So in a way, I think his emotional status of almost showing no emotion can help out because when Wyatt Lankford does come up, who are his examples going to be? Well, one of them will be Garcia, but another one will be Seeger. And so he's going to have to find, like, how do I get the most out of myself? Is it being closer to Garcia? I don't really know Wyatt Langford at all. We'll get to meet him tomorrow uh, at Worth Collectibles in Waxahachie. But I don't know, like, where he's going to be on that emotional line. But I'm okay with Seager. He's been doing this for seven, eight years now in the major leagues. And one of the things, you know, I discussed yesterday, Kevin, was Adolis is – I told you – I. Now I'm more than ever, I need him back. I need to make sure he's there because I think he allows all the rest of the players to fly under the radar emotionally. Can I go back to Leody real quick? Yeah. I didn't know this. How about, I know we're talking about him hitting in the against left-handers. First half, 295, mm-hmm. 8-12 OPS. Second half, 233, yep. 642 OPS. So yeah. he dropped off. Tremendous. Yeah, so it'll be, can you be, I don't expect him to be 295. To be honest, I don't expect him to be 295 with an 812 OPS. But I also don't expect him to be 233 with a 642. So just be like more consistent throughout the season. Now, several of these are intertwined. Marcus Simeon takes a day off and the Rangers spend some time in spring training looking at what a lineup looks like with Evan Carter in the leadoff. Yeah. Uh, Yes. 
Yes. I think that uh, at the end of the year, we interviewed Bruce Bochy, and they said they were going to take a look at yes. that because he was struggling. Remember, he struggled in the playoffs a lot of – and is like – have we wore him out because he wants to play all 162? Would it be better if he plays 152 and he you give him 10 days? He's completely healthy, but you give him 10 days off like on Sunday day games. 835 plate appearances last season. Now let's talk about people who are probably doing too much. Jonah Heim catches less. From September 10th through winning the World Series, he started 37 of 38 games. That's awesome. I know MLB.com didn't think so. I think that's awesome. Now, to go along with this, I feel like maybe we all don't think this is going to happen. Sam Huff becomes a legitimate option as a catcher and a hitter. Would love for it to happen. Jonah did have an extended period of time off with his injury uh, that I think helped him with that last stretch, Kevin, in the at the end of the season. Even though by the end, by the time the World Series was over, he was just melting in his chair every right. day. But the I think the time off that he had helped. But your backup catcher situation doesn't exist right now. So you need Huff to make that happen unless you're going to go buy one. It's just you have to feel comfortable with Kisner playing 40, 50 games as your starting catcher. Yeah. Yeah. That's 28 years old. Last year, 241 batting average with a 712 OPS. That's but you know back you're not gonna find that's not horrid it's yeah backup catchers yeah y- y- they're just not usually offensive guys. Let's go back to pitching specifically starting pitching. This is really interesting. At least one out of the group of Jack Leiter, Owen White, or Zach Kent proves capable of making more than half a dozen starts by the end of the season. That that has to happen. If there's supposedly a dynasty here or a run of teams that make the playoffs, let's say discount last year. They made they obviously did everything you could ever ask. In the next five years, would you guys be happy if they made the playoffs three out of the five years? Not giving you playoff results, just that three out of the next five years they made the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I, I love I love They'd playoff like, baseball. I don't think they can do that unless these guys develop. And I'm not saying just these guys, but you gotta start developing guys that can help you out because you just don't have a budget of, hey, every starting pitcher gets 20 to $40 million. Well, and on the part of the pitchers that do, the the next part, probably the last part we'll hit for now from Evan Grant. Really interesting article if you want to go check it out. At least two from the combination of Scherzer, DeGrom, or Malley have to do the same. Come back. And get at least half a dozen starts before the season's out. Probably so. Yeah. Is I, that is yeah. that doable? That's the 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 two things that you just mentioned are the scariest parts of the 2024 and beyond Texas Rangers. One, the veteran guys who are hurt come back healthy and productive, and then the other one is can you develop your pitching prospects into real major league pitchers for your team that are making somewhere between seven hundred thousand and two million dollars a year the next three years? Yeah, and then. Just listening to AJ Przinsky this morning, like the national feel is, hey, all these guys are coming back at you know at sometime after the All Star break, y'all are going to be great. Cavalry's yeah. coming home, and I think us as Rangers fans, just or DFW sports fans, just can't believe that any of those guys are going to be like truly helpful. But if Degrom is truly healthy and can do that and make a run into the playoffs, like that's the dream, right? To make it to that point, I'll tell you, if you, you what. are healthy and you have. 
DeGrom, Scherzer, and Evaldi as your three guys going into the playoffs <laughs> healthy. Good luck. Yeah. All right, Baltimore, we get how great you are. Yeah. Let's see if you can you can beat us with these guys. I do kind of want to dive back into that portion as well as something else from this article. Maybe we'll do that next week before we head off to the Super Bowl. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, how about some NFL overreaction or reality? And Mike likes it what? as part of the Expressway next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lamar, holding himself, runs to the left, he's to the five, Lamar's in! Touchdown, Ravens! They're going to have a championship game in Baltimore because the haze in the barn! Lamar Jackson will win his first playoff game in Baltimore. And he will get to play. In his All first right, that's AFC. enough. They lose the game after that. Don't worry about that. It's time for NFL overreaction and definitely not what we were talking about in the break. Right. So, Corey, you saw this. I thought it was really interesting. It's statistical data about player safety from the NFL. So my first question is, NFL overreaction or reality, you believe the injury data that the NFL puts out. Um, yeah. And if I didn't believe it, if I'm a players, then I need to I need to have my own survey as well. True. Like, like I need to have if if and if you don't trust the third party that you're outsourcing it to, then hire your own party as well. Like and, and so that's where where I feel about that. But I I I do believe for the most part, that they're tracking some things and keeping eyes on it because there's a lot of eyes on them right now. So the numbers for concussions this past season, including preseason, regular season games, and practices, 219. That's up from 213 the year before, but not like a shocking upturn. And remember, a couple of years ago, before they started making changes, especially to the kicking game, it was at 281. Okay, yeah. So the kicking game is a huge drop. Concussions sustained on kickoffs dropped from 20 to 8. Okay. And so wow. we, we talk about when Mike talks about like the onside kick being almost impossible to get, people not returning as much. These are obviously things that the NFL put in place to eliminate concussion issues. Yeah, I was just well. about to I was just about to say, man, I want to see the eight because I felt like every game I watched there were there weren't returns. But then again, there were a few. I, I know, you know, Green Bay and San Francisco, we had that big sure. return, so I got it. NFL overreaction or reality, neither the Lions nor the Ravens will make the Super Bowl in the next seven years. 
I'm kind of thinking maybe the lifespan of their quarterbacks, perhaps. That's kind of what I've projected it at. I mean, the easy bet would say yes, because it's so tough to make. Um, so I'll lean towards yes. I, I think the Lions have a better chance. We asked that question, I can't remember, on Monday yeah. or something. But because the NFC still looks weak, as in the 49ers are great. But when you look at the quarterbacks, all the best quarterbacks I'm in the you. NFL are in the AFC. So to get through now Mahomes and and um Allen and you start including guys Burrow. like CJ Stroud yeah. now yeah. That, that you're like, hey, what how quick can they, you know, create something where they have a dude on a rookie deal where they don't have to worry about salary cap situation for three years. So I, I lean towards no, but I give the Lions a chance because they have sixty million in cap space to add to this team in the offseason. Also give the Lions a chance because they proved to me that they don't care what players are on their team. If it's not good enough, they'll draft and replace. They had two really good running backs the year before, and they said, ah, don't care. We'll go get David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, and we're going to replace them with that. Uh, so, like, I and DeAndre Swift turned out to be really good for the Eagles this year, but it, they were like, we're going to be better at it. So I think that they'll continue to, to have that kind of mentality. Plus, if they have that kind of money to spend, this offseason could be a nightmare for us. Mike, I'm going to start with you on this next one. I feel very confident I know your answer, but let's just check. Dave Canales said that Bryce Young is the guy and he's an amazing talent, which makes sense. You're not going to take that job and be like, he sucks. But my overreaction or reality is Bryce Young can still be a top-notch NFL quarterback. Without a doubt, no. Okay. It's too little. This, this league is too big, too strong for him. I, I hate it, but it's just he can be a guy. Maybe he can just be an okay guy, but he's not ever going to enter the ranks of when we talk about the top five or eight quarterbacks in the NFL, he's never going to be in that conversation. Especially with uh, Carolina. That's a miserable football team. The But the other part of it is I think he can. I think he can be better. I just don't think he can do it with Carolina the, can't be the, in the state that they're in right now. But top-notch? I think he can be a top-notch okay. quarterback. Now, the other part of that is, again, all of our advanced information on him was from Alabama where he had everything at his disposal. And yeah. so I, when you're watching him, everything, you're like, man, all these throws are good. And not a lot of them are under duress. Yeah, and a lot of separation. Yeah, yeah, so I think, I mean, they got a lot of work to do on that team. NFL overreaction or reality, you hate there being an open week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. No, I need a breather. Oh, I I I don't like it. I, I I there are injuries that take place in the playoffs that I think that some guys need to get over. I want to see a good football game in the Super Bowl. I'm okay with having a week off, but I think that they should make it a third place game and they should have Baltimore and Detroit have to play each other. I'm down with that. <laughs> I'd love it. Will they have more effort than the Pro Bowl games? I don't know. It depend like it depends on kind of what they hold. On, they used to have the third I'm place game. Yes, right? they did. They did but and it just... seems like it seems like that didn't didn't get a lot of success. But I love the idea just because I like more football. For, I want to say like forty or fifty years. Yeah. All right. I I personally I really don't like it. Do you remember though? It, I think it gives you rotate? a chance. Yes, but I think it gives you a chance. That's where Troy Aikman talks about his concussion. They didn't have the week off in '93, oh. and they're just like, well, guess what? You don't have a concussion anymore. Just play. Uh, but I do think that it gives these teams a chance to maybe have their best effort because it gives them the extra days to get healthy. Okay. I anticipated you might say that. So you still get the whole week off. But with that in mind, 
for the players for America. The Super Bowl needs to be changed to a Saturday for real. Yes. I don't mind that at all. I'd love it. I think tra- it would be easier for travel, obviously, then you're flying back Sunday. You can be at work Monday. I know the girl who's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan Taylor uh, Swift. here. No. Uh, it might have been Taylor Swift. Maybe she's in disguise as a five foot seven woman who has black hair. All right. But um, how tall is Taylor Swift for real? I think she's like five ten, isn't she? Yeah. Uh then yeah, I think a lot of people that are fans of the teams, like real hardcore fans, they are trying to take off on Monday. Yes. Yeah. I and it's it it you have more comfort just knowing that tomorrow I don't have to do anything after I throw this party or go to a friend's house and do all those things. Yeah, man. I would love it. Now, Jim Harbaugh is being introduced officially with his presser and everything as the Chargers' new coach. And he said, we want to win multiple Super Bowls, which, again, that's what you say. You wouldn't want to be like, hey, oh, we can win a wild card game. But NFL overreaction or reality, Jim Harbaugh will win a Super Bowl with the Chargers. I mean, no. he didn't win one with the Niners. That's true. So, like, I can't just say this Does dude's he have a, a better quarterback. He's there? screwed. I, I hate saying this. <laughs> I know I was teasing. Patrick Mahomes is in his division. And I just don't know how you take that division away from them. They had a rebuilding year. I don't think people understand this. They were screwed salary cap-wise. They couldn't do anything with this team. And they're like, look, this could be a year where we regress a little bit and we're not a Super Bowl contender. They got their salary cap back in order. Not that they have $50 million to spend in the offseason, but now they're not like at a negative-looking number anytime soon. And they still won the division. They still are in the Super Bowl. I do think if you are Denver, Chargers, Raiders, you're screwed. And I do see multiple people saying you make Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday. I'm fine with that. I just think you might have a harder sell with that than just make it on a Saturday. Yeah, we're we're still working that national holiday, especially because yeah. you do have that week off. Yeah, so you're you're just giving yeah, them yeah. to your point. It's like, hey, you had that. You just have thirteen days off instead of fourteen. NFL overreaction or reality? Jerry Jones could handle Bill Belichick as his head coach because he's like, oh, there's no doubt I could work with Bill Belichick. Yeah, Jerry I- can handle it fine. He'll do whatever he wants. It'll be Bill handling Jerry. It'll be it'll be a f- the first two years of him just letting Bill Belichick do a lot of the things he wants. And I'm, and I'm not saying like personnel stuff. I think personnel stuff, he'll say, hey, look, we, we have a really good department here. You coachy. Oof. You coachy. Yeah. And, but the first two years, I think Bill will have a lot of conversation about what he wants there. Um, and if that doesn't deliver and those and the results aren't championship games immediately, that's when Jerry starts sitting in on those meetings and having those conversations and asking questions that he's like, Hey, man, why do you keep asking me these questions? Don't you trust me? And he's like, well, we haven't won yet, so no. Well, and see, and this was going to be my really dumb question when I realized the precedent for it. I was going to be like, well, if they win a lot in the first two years, then does it ease up? And I was like, oh, I guess that's pretty much <laughs> what happened with Jimmy. Yeah. Like, and, I know it took a little bit longer, but And you could see how tired Parcells got late as as things went on. He was just like, God, now i got to. I'm doing everything I can to try and deal with the roster you're giving me and all these other crap that you have to deal with, too. NFL overreaction or reality. We didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday. I'm really sad about that. You were excited 
for new football technology like the Doink Cam. The Doink Cam. Do you know what the Doink Cam is? All right. They're going to have multiple cameras on the goalpost. Not like your traditional, like, hey, this might block the kick or something like that. That will show you the angle from the goalpost if the football hits it. It'll be built, or maybe in, it'll it'll be built into the goalpost, I bet. Like yeah. They're drilling a hole, putting a camera in there. And if it hits, it'll, you know, it'll be tapered and everything. I love it. I love this idea. And I don't care. It's fine. Like, Okay. Did you have, was there a camera that you liked in base? You like the, just the one that's set up right behind home plate. Do you like the straight on camera or the angled one? I actually don't like the catcher camera or the umpire camera. Umpire camera, I hate. I'm not crazy about that. I do like seeing the replay from the camera in front of home plate. I do think this. I think they need to do a better job at having angles for first downs. Yep. Because there's a lot of times where they're like, ooh, I think that spot isn't great. And then you see the replay, you're like, how is it in a Super Bowl or an AFC or NFC championship game, we don't have a few extra cameras to make sure you have a better idea on if this ball was short of the first down or they got the first down. This is really important to the history of the football games, to the history of these players. And it's like, Ah, oh, we just don't have a good angle on that one. Zeke got injured on the pylon cam because the pylon used to be a soft pylon, but now there's a camera inside. And yeah, <laughs> and I thought the pylon, the pylon cam was, I think a, a great idea. was a pretty good idea. Obviously, is the best football technology idea that you can think of in your lifetime the yellow line representing where the first down is? On television? Yeah, on television. That- I guess so. My wife says that it's made us dumber. I could see that because we can't count to 10 yeah. or three in some cases. Yeah, that, not, I mean, I, my suggestion is just, hey, all drone cameras from now on. Like, it, you, we have drones everywhere on the field. Holy moly. What about punts? Look, dude. Do you get the, I guess you can Mike, move the drones quickly off the field. Mike, we punt and it hits a, a, a TV board. Nobody cares anymore. So okay. it'll be fine. Jerry's made us not care about the sun, <laughs> not care about scoreboards. <laughs> He's amazing. I, Not care about wins. You know what? The, but that's the thing is I don't think it's just the sun or those other things. I think I've been now conditioned to not care about things that I know are never going to change. When people are like, you get rid of Jerry the GM. I'm like, you're probably right. It's never going to happen. You need to put curtains up in there. Well, we asked him that and he's like, that's number 500 or 1,000 on my list of things to do. So it's never going to happen. And so I just like move on instead of continuing to smash my head against that. And that's less about how much the curtains would cost and more about being wrong about something, not wanting to admit you're wrong about something. Yes. I and I don't think Jerry is alone in that. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. I want to throw out a a couple of quick basketball notes for y'all. If you don't mind. I do not. Okay, thank you is Joel Embiid was diagnosed with a meniscus injury in his left knee. The timetable is unclear for now, but what this will probably do, and this might have been the case, no, you know, regardless of how severe the injury was, is this is probably going to knock him out of ESPN content, or excuse me, of MVP contention. Do you have an issue now looking back? Because in the last, I don't know, four or five days, you started to see a lot more people be like, oh, this isn't right. This isn't fair. Blah, 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 blah. Do you have an issue with Embiid or anybody else being knocked out of MVP or all NBA consideration because of the NBA's new rule? Not at all. And I will say this. 
has anybody won the MVP playing less than 65 games? Good like question. that that seems like I, I'd have to if check you've on missed that. 17 games in a regular season, that would seem like a tough MVP year. Right. And Embiid has already missed, I believe, 13 games. And so he can only miss four more the rest of the way, which that feels like he'll surpass. Okay, that. 65, you said? Yes. Five have won it without playing. 65 games. 64, Kuzi, and 56. All right. 2019, Giannis, 63. Okay. LeBron in 11. That was a shortened season because of a strike, so it doesn't kind of count, right? Okay. Walton, 77. Maybe 11 was a regular season. 12, 11-12 was the shortened season. And Carl Malone, 98-99. That's a strike season, right? He played 49 games. So, Which was... Is that the year they played fifty? Yeah, I thought so. So yeah, they, much that, yeah, he those. played a, a high enough percentage, but yeah, I mean, in Bill Russell, he played sixty nine, nice in fifty seven and fifty eight. Uh, so yeah, for the most part, these guys are playing about sixty, about seventy games, seventy games plus. So there's, it, it's it's interesting that you didn't hear more of this complaint, and maybe I just miss it at the beginning when they announced this rule. But there's been multiple players that are like, hey. If this is going to prevent me from being all NBA, now you're messing with my money. And mm. for Joel Embiid, there's a lot of people who spoke for him and been like, hey, you're going to cost him the MVP because he's not going to play enough games. I'm surprised I didn't hear more about this like when they announced the rule. Because I don't think the players thought about it. As they were going through this, menta- this mentality of... Hey, we can all take nights really? off. I don't think they were thinking about how this would affect their their NBA all NBA monies. Really, where it's scary is if you don't make an all NBA team and you're coming up on the max contract, right? Because you yes. can super max it yes. if you make an all NBA team, and then you don't super max it if you don't make an all NBA team. So that's that's where I think players will get really upset if they're like, "Hey, I was a starting all star. I was all these things, and then I missed." Let's just say I miss. I played 64 games, and you know, now I just lost $40 million over a four-year period or something. I was trying to think if it was Halliburton who came out and said something like kind of to oh, that effect. He's, yes, yeah, it is Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, okay, yeah. I knew somebody had come out and said something to that effect is now you're messing with my money. And he's not wrong, but like that was also the case months and months and months ago when they put this into place. Part of earning the money and part of... Part of helping the league earn the money too, uh, like, like again, Mike goes to the point of I never know what stars will be there whenever I buy my ticket. Right anymore. to your point, I didn't even know this. I didn't turn on TNT. I don't turn on TNT basketball games anymore. They're just not interesting to me. Regular season basketball. And then I heard Sean Sharif say, "Can you believe what a horrible loss by the Celtics last night? They lost to the Lakers and LeBron." and Anthony Davis both sat out the game because it was a rest night. Like, what in the world? It is their... I know this is not necessarily your point. Lakers-Celtics. Astonishing note on that. It's the first time in 30 years the Celtics have lost a game where they were 15-point or more favorites. I imagine they probably didn't have that many games like that, but still, a horrible loss, and yes, you would think Lakers-Celtics would be all hands on deck. It just, it stinks that that's what the league has come to. I, I just, I don't get it. I guess you had an article where it's so great now, but it I'm was, like. I can't remember if it was Awful Announcing or The Ringer. It was like, uh, Adam Silver has made this league so much fun this year. And I thought, man, that is not how Mike feels about this at all. Can I just, somebody just tweeted us this message and I think it's hilarious regarding the sun uh, that we were talking about at AT&T Stadium. Can you imagine if Mbappe or Messi misses the World Cup goal 
Uh, because they're they can't see the goal. <laughs> they're just the ball there. usually <laughs> doesn't. Obviously, the sun plays a effect when the ball gets to a certain right. level. I guess the soccer ball. Obviously, if you kick it. 15 feet, maybe 15 feet in the air is about where the sun can affect you. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't that, know. Man, that would be crazy. <laughs> or you know what's really going to drive people crazy if they put the curtains up for that? They're like, oh, yeah, that's what they asked for. Oh! By the way, we'll find out on Sunday the when and where of the World Cup games. I just right. got mad and didn't even happen. I know. I do that, that a lot. It not happen yet. I know. I'm mad. That's a problem. Is now it's time for Mike Likes It. All right. I have this question. I was just thinking about this with uh, Dan Quinn going to the Washington Commanders. Is there any way that Caleb Williams, that teams, after evaluating him, go, we're just not so sure if he's the number one one pick? It's There is a way, uh, especially if somebody else like pops in after they start doing a lot of more evaluations of guys. Like, I'm just wondering but, about Jaden Daniels. Like, could he be the number one pick? They could be the C.J. Stroud, right? Where you're like, hey, he was picked a little bit later, but he actually turned out to be the better one. He had all the athleticism. He had the better arm, all those things. And this guy might have been a freak, and he played really well. But I can totally see uh, teams kind of having conversations with him, getting to know him a little bit better, and just kind of having questions. But I also saw a story recently where a scout was like, look, it's not whether or not this dude is a generational talent. It's is he a once in a decade talent? And I was like, oh no, like that's a that's another point of like he is he one of those guys that you only find this often? And I don't think he is that either. I think he's a re- he's a really good quarterback. And if he lands with the right team, it'll work out for him. Do you have a list of like the who those right teams would be? Like off the top of your head? Um I have to go revisit the coaching changes. Because the coaching changes at the top have kind of eliminated that. I'm still going to go. I, I, I think. If he lands with the enemy, I, that might be a really interesting thing. But the rest of the team might stink. I think Caleb Williams has been around so long that people have broken his game down too much. Yeah. Like, I still think he's really excellent. I feel comfortable with him. Okay. My next question, and this is based off of obviously the Chiefs situation and me, me making fun of the Cowboys. I was wondering this. We can start with the NFL, but we can go to other leagues. Do you have a second favorite team? Is there is there a team that you are like, that's my guy? Just in the NFL or in general? Let's start off with the NFL, and then we'll move on. Yeah, the Saints have always been my second team. Uh, that was that just goes back to I really liked Drew Brees. Um, you, do you care about the Saints now that Drew Brees is gone? Not really. I love I, I was I love New Orleans. You know the Super Bowl's in New Orleans next year, right? So that's a really awesome thing. Oh, yeah. It's probably won't surprise you. I've defaulted to the Ravens are my second team because of the quarterback. Yes, because I because I like Lamar Jackson a lot. Would and you I wear think, a Ravens hat? Ah, uh, yeah. That doesn't feel as insulting. In support of uh, next yeah. year when the Cowboys play the Ravens, I'll <laughs> then, say they win the Super Bowl. Then no. Would you wear a Ravens hat, Super Bowl hat? Perhaps to support Lamar Jackson. Uh, that's and then only wear it to Oxnard. That's only part of the reason. See, that's only part of the reason that he wears that hat. What about other sports? So I'm going to tell you, in the NBA, I struggle to have a second team. I just can't. I can respect other players. I guess in a way, Mark Cuban probably loves this and can't believe this about me. I can't root for another NBA team. Like, I can root against the Lakers or root against 
um, the heatles or whatever. Yeah. But I really struggle to like, I can't wear another NBA team's gear. And see, that's the thing. I don't know if I would wear the gear, but I definitely find myself watching and rooting for the Bulls because of Brandon. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't root for them over the Mavericks, but if you're looking for a secondary team, okay. for me, the Bulls. How much in does the NBA. conference change that for you, too? For sure. Like, out of conference, you can't. I mean, you notice Ravens, yeah. not on our side. Bulls, not on our side. So, so you can't I've, be a Clippers fan? I, I think I would have a hard time with that because I was like, this is a team you will legitimately, could legitimately meet in the you playoffs. You love Jokic. Yes. That, that is true, but if it came, I don't, I feel like I'm a fan of his. Maybe well, more. I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes. I'm really not a fan. I mean, I've become a fan of the yeah, Chiefs. I, I'm a fan of Trevor Lawrence, even though he's really farting on me. I think now that society has accepted how great Jokic is, I'm like at peace. You know, I think the biggest thing is I loved him when people were like, hey, is he really that great? And I'm like, you people are insane. I used to love playing NBA Jam with the Charlotte Hornets because I had Grandma Ma and I had Alonzo Mourning and Muggsy Bo. And then they and tried so to was, kill each other. Yeah, and that was kind Not of fun. Not literally, but... Um, right. I, I've always... This is weird. I've always kind of liked the the Portland Trailblazers, and I never really. But then we, you know, whenever we played them, I was like, "Well, hold yeah, on." I you're a big Brandon Roy guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I was more of like a Clyde guy. I really enjoyed that that era. Um, when I was a kid, I loved the Florida Marlins when they came out because I thought their Charlie logo Huff. and hat were super cool. But I also have had a lot of respect for like just the Celtics consistency over time. It just felt like I've always really. I liked that trio. I liked the Garnett, the Paul Pierce, the Ray Allen group. I really did like that, too. So I've always liked the Celtics, too. Not Maybe not the city as much. You mentioned the Florida Marlins. When it comes to baseball, obviously, for me, I do love the Rangers, but it's once you become a professional player and then you start playing for, I played for, uh, obviously, Cleveland, uh, the Mets. I uh, was in the minors with the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Also played for the Nationals in the Major Leagues and the Rangers. I do root for the Rangers, but I also find myself rooting for people that I know. Like, in a weird way, I'm really hoping that Detroit can win the Central. I'd really like for A.J. Hinch to, like, get back on top to and kind of not clear his name. His name will never be clear, but for it to be like, oh, he's a good manager and it doesn't have to do with all the other stuff, too. Uh, but so for baseball, I don't really have the same um, feelings just because of playing that I do when I see like the Lakers play. I'm like, lose at any cost. I don't care. Yeah, you know? I would wear Braves gear. I, I did. I had a, a couple different Braves hats that I really liked a lot. And, and they were kind of that team. That just I just always liked their style, their even their their stuff. But the Dodgers were also a secondary team for me easily because oh, oh. of Oral. Hershizer. I'm glad I'm glad that he said that because the Cubs and again another not in your conference team just because so many of my family members are like love the Cubs are season ticket holders for the Cubs so I've been to a bunch of Cubs games in my life so I think the Cubs are right. when I was a kid though Mike before I like realized certain things yeah, exactly i I was an A's fan during the Conseco McGuire era. Yeah, like Ricky that, Henderson. Yeah, and Ricky Henderson. Like, that was a, a Eckersley. Like, that whole thing was a lot of fun. And then I grew up and was like, oh, no, hold on. I got to hate these guys. They're in my division. Okay, so this is a little bit of Mike-ask football questions. Oh, okay. Let's get it. The Cowboys have the 24th pick. Now we'll go back to y'all's team that you care about a lot. Don't give me a name because we don't know who will be there at 24. 
What is the position that you desperately want the Cowboys to pick at 24? Uh, offensive line. This is it's Does so, it be specific here. Uh, offensive tackle. If if the tackles are as deep as a, as we're seeing that they are right now, then offensive tackle is what I think you're going to get a good player at that position uh, this year. So I'm, I would go ahead and do that. I want to say linebacker, but I have this feeling there's a lot yeah. of linebackers on the market and free agency that I would like to go for. And I would rather have a ready-made linebacker right now of a guy that's really ready to go. Uh, so I'm going to go with offensive line, and that's so boring. I, I actually Again. was going to say linebacker, but you make a compelling counter argument about the amount of linebackers out in free agency, but I, linebacker was going to be my selection. Or any defensive lineman from Michigan. Like, just if you want to no, draft the Michigan defensive No, line. and can I tell you, I know you're kidding, Ugh. but that legitimately changed my answer because I still wanted to say defensive line. And then in my brain, I was like, oh, well, yeah. That's great. worked out. How's that going to go for you? So yeah, the best defensive lineman you drafted was a linebacker when you drafted him. Yes. My last football question for you guys is, do you find Biotic as being average or a liability? Uh, I, think, I think he's average. Average to below average. Um, and, and in order to... How important do you think it is to get a, a center very, in this draft? Very important. And... They might be able to do it in, they might be able to add one in free agency, but I think you could do it cheaply in the draft and have somebody that's better at this point. You know, we could probably bring in. uh, I smell the water burger outside of that door and I can't. One of my my issues I was going to say is it goes back to when you said tackle is if you're taking a first round tackle, I think I have just me personally, I have a tough time then saying we're going to work in a new tackle and center to our offensive line. There's a possibility that that maybe I would I would feel better going center there, but okay. those three spots right there in the quarterback's face, very important to this quarterback too. For the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're on time for, for the one Before we get to break, Mike will be out the door. Coming up next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Hey, let's take a quick look at some of these potential DCs for the Cowboys and steroid Olympics next on The Fan. What? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 